Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 170. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Next Step Test Prep, the MCAT podcast is here to make sure you have the information you need to succeed on your MCAT test day. We all know that the MCAT is one of the biggest hurdles you'll face as a pre-med, and we're here to give you the motivation and information that you need to know to help get you the score you deserve so you can one day call yourself a physician. Now, welcome to the MCAT podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I hope you are having a wonderful day. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast today. If you haven't yet, the one thing that you can do right now that would make my heart glow, if that's a saying, I don't know, is to share this podcast with your friends, with your pre med advisor or with anyone else who wants to listen. Again, go share this podcast. That is the best thing that you can do for us right now. We have another great podcast with Phil from Next Step Test Prep here today. And if you're looking for some more help with your MCAT test prep and you are looking at using full-length exams to do that, go check out Next Step Test Prep and their MCAT bundles that they have for full-length exams. I ask students all the time, what exams do you like the best? And in our Hangout, which if you're not part of, you should be at medicalschoolhq.net slash group, if you ask in the Hangout, and students ask all the time, like what are the best set of exams that I can use for the MCAT? Obviously, the AAMC is the first best, the second best, next step test prep. And you can save 10% off on those exams using the promo code MCATPOD, that's M-C-A-T-P-O-D. Let's go and jump into our episode today. Bill, back for some more MCAT podcasts. I hope you're off your coffee. You've you've seen the uh, the light side. You don't need that caffeine. <laughs> Just uh, kidding. It's a Who am I kidding? Not a de-stressor. It's a eustressor. <laughs> you've turned that distress into eustress. Yeah, exactly. All right. I uh, still need to make that t-shirt. Um, <laughs> so I want to continue. I, I think students are getting hopefully a lot of good value out of these where we're breaking down the the MCAT outline, which is, I, I, we haven't really talked about it, or maybe we did at some point. The, this MCAT outline is really what all of the test prep companies work off of, right? It's Next Step, Kaplan, Princeton Review, every test prep company out there when they're creating their books, like, okay, here's here's my outline for my book and our, all the chapters and everything that really needs to go in it. The AMC is providing this information. So Yeah, and, and the, the companies that aren't doing that should. 
and yeah. Illinois. Yes, yes, they uh, should. This is yeah, this is something that um, I just work through this outline with all of my students when I'm like doing tutoring stuff or in the uh, the next step course, which is kind of like work through this outline. And like my students are killing it. It's like, and this is this is all we're doing is just making sure that they can come up with you know definitions in their own words with their own examples, focusing on what's the differences between you know this versus that. And if a student can talk about that, then they they know their things cold. Mm. And uh, like about twenty percent of my students that I'm doing one on one tutoring with are getting perfect scores in psych in the last year. And that's, you know, that's obviously like 20% of students are in the 99th percentile. Mathematically, that doesn't seem to make sense. But, you know, all, all, all that we're doing is just breaking down this psych outline, making sure people know it cold. Yeah. Okay. So what are we going to continue with today? So I figured we'd move past the realm of six, right? We talked about 6A, 6B, 6C in the last three kind of meetings. So let's move into the realm of seven where we start talking about behavior and like what's going on with why people act this way versus before we were talking about like emotions and like what's going on with like memory and, and things like that. Okay. So in seven in section seven, section seven, a, we're going to talk about like what kind of influences behavior and there's all sorts of stuff in here. This is one of the most dense sections, um, section seven, a, and so one of the things that students tend to get a little bit kind of confused with is personality and the theories of personality and talking through this. Um, so there's several different people and several different ideas kind of going on behind this. And so this is where we start to get into like what's going on with Freud and Jung and B.F. Skinner and all these these people that were talked about in my Psych 101 course. And like, what exactly do I need to know about these guys when it comes to the actual AAMC exam? Mm. So you know, talking about the theories of personality, you, you can't ever get out of psychology without talking about the psychoanalysts, right? Because when people think psychologist or psychiatrist, they basically think Freud, right? And so Freud is the psychoanalyst, right? Like he's, he's the guy that we build everything around in terms of the psychoanalytic perspective. So the psychoanalytic perspective is the idea that they're like, what's going on with you needs to be analyzed because you don't even, you're not even aware of it. So if I go in and like, I went down and sat down and was going to talk to Freud and I'm like, I'm having a hard time at work. I think that my boss doesn't really understand what stuff I'm capable of. And they keep giving me jobs that are like not well suited for my particular skill set. I'd be really good at this, but they, they don't want to like, they, instead they're making me do this other thing. Freud would say, shut up and tell me about your mother. Right. Like that's, that's, that's what, that's what he wants to know because the psychoanalyst, the idea is like, you're not even aware of what's going on. You need to dive into the, like the psyche. You, you need to be analyzed. There's things going on subconsciously. Uh, and we need to kind of like pull those things apart. And so the psychoanalyst is this idea that we need to like pull things. And so under theories of personality, the psychoanalytic perspective is that, you know, a lot of this is happening kind of subconscious things that you're not aware of, right? Like why, like, why am I a real jerk to these sorts of people? Well, these sorts of people remind me of my father and like, that makes me angry. And so I'm a jerk to anybody with a beard and anyone <laughs> over six foot tall. Right. And, and like, why, why am I acting like, and so another perspective would be the humanist perspective. And this is one of my, um, one of my favorite ones. This is what people think of normally when they think about like a therapy session or something. So that if you were to 
Um, if you were to like sit down with a, a humanist and you're like, you know, going through the spiel, if my boss isn't recognizing what I'm good at and they're assigning me other stuff, the humanist would say, tell me more about that. How does that make you feel? Right. So the humanist perspective, the idea is that everyone essentially wants to be a good person and they they treat you as a patient centric sort of therapy where the patient is kind of the center and kind of driving where the therapy is going. The idea being that the patient knows better than anyone what's going on with the patient, mm. right? Pretty much the opposite of the psychoanalytic perspective. Um, so in the humanist perspective, we have, you know, we have like Carl, uh, Carl Jung is one of the, the big guys in that area. Um, also Maslow, um, what's going on with Maslow and his hierarchy of needs. Um, and both of these people are built around the idea of being self-actualized. And so that's a, a term. There's a lot of self some things that the MCAT likes to test, like self-esteem, self-concept, self-ideal. Um, and so self-actualization is one that we kind of need to be able to pull apart. Self-actualization is being the best version of yourself that you can be, being an actualized human. And most people are pretty familiar with the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like, you know, the biological needs at the bottom, working to other things as you move up. And so the like self-actualize it's really important to kind of like drive home what this is because a lot of people think about this in different terms um and like maybe their definition of what is self-actualize isn't like the actual definition of self-actualize when you're trying to come up with an example so a lot of people think that think it means being successful and accomplishing a lot and that's a big thing you know maybe just within the realm of mcat students like these people are very driven they want to accomplish a lot they want to like leave their mark on society and make the world a better place and that's what it means to be successful, um, to live a good life. But self-actualized actually just means becoming the best version of yourself. And that doesn't mean the most powerful, the most rich, right? The most accomplished, like the best version of yourself might be, you know, some guy that is a history teacher and he, you know, is a history teacher and he like coaches uh, softball and he like sees his family and he's like really happy with his life. And every day, like he can't imagine doing anything different. And like, he's, He's he's self-actualized. He understands all of his needs are met. He's able to like uh, like follow hobbies and fulfill his passions. And that's a self-actualized person. And under the humanistic perspective, this is what we're trying to do. And so personality-wise, you know, BF or not BF Skinner, uh, Maslow has some some things that kind of fit into this with the hierarchy of needs. You know, the lowest need in this hierarchy is um, physical needs, right? Like I, I need food, I need water, I need shelter. After that comes safety, right? And so the idea here is if I'm not safe, like that's okay for in my mind, that's okay for me. If um, like, I, I don't care about that. If I'm more worried about physio physiologic needs. So if I'm starving to death, I might go attack that rhino with a spear. That's probably a really stupid thing to do in terms of <laughs> safety, but like my, I'm starving to death, right? And so that's a base need that I need to address. And that's much more important than safety at this point. Yep. Um, but if all of my physiologic needs are met, then safety is like the next thing that I worry about, right? I got enough food, I got enough water, I got shelter, that sort of thing. Um, so now I'm kind of worried about safety. And after that, 
you go into like social things, like you need to socialize with other people. Um, and then you need, you know, past the social is the ego and kind of like the, the like self-esteem and things like feeling good about yourself. That comes, that's what you're worried about after you've got like your social stuff kind of dealt with. And then after that's met, you reach self-actualization as the highest tier. So it's physical security, like safety, social things, ego, and then self-actualization. And so according to, um, according to Maslow, these are the things you have to kind of like go through here. So there's also um, like Carl uh, Rogers, you know, Carl Jung and Carl Rogers, a couple of the humanists. Um, Carl Rogers is, has this idea that there are kind of like three versions of yourself. There's the ideal self, there's the actual self, and then there's how you see yourself, right? And those are three different things, right? Like, who do I want to be? Who am I? And who do I think I am, right? Like, those are three different things. So in order to have a healthy personality, according, according to Carl Rogers, those three things need to be completely overlapped, right? That, like, I want to be a charitable person. I think I'm a charitable person and I actually am a charitable person, right? And that's, that's what it means to have a healthy personality versus if, if one of those things is not overlapping, then you have some sort of like psychological distress going on. Um, like if I think that I'm very charitable and I think that I should be charitable, but I'm actually not, I'm actually a jerk. Like there's something going on there, right? Or perhaps more common people who think that they should be charitable and actually are charitable, but don't feel like it, right? Mm. Some sort of like imposter syndrome kind of thing going on here. Like I'm not actually as good as people think I am, even though I do all of this stuff and I want to be this person, but I'm not like th there's some sort of psychological distress going in there as well. And so that's Carl Rogers, the like actual self, ideal self and self-concept all need to be kind of overlapped in terms of um, personality. Okay. So after that, we have trait perspective, and this is what everyone's doing on Facebook, right? Like, which Hogwarts house are you, right? <laughs> or the Myers-Briggs or, you know, all of these, like the big five Enneagram. Which Disney um, princess are you? Come on. Yes. Yeah, that's the most important one, right? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm definitely a Mulan, personally. Um, so... This, this sort of trait perspective, you have these different, um, you know, these different psychological traits and they all kind of get measured. And so this is how you determine if somebody is like what somebody's personality is. You have these different traits. Traits tend to stay stable over the course of a lifetime, right? They can, like, they can, they're, they're not like uh, a dialectic. They're not one or the other. They're not like a, um, what's, what's the ones and zeros? binary it's not a binary mm. thing it's more of a gradual like there's a it's a gradation of things and so like how charitable are you how much do you think about other people versus kind of like focused on yourself um and there's there's kind of like lots of ways and so the trait perspective of personality is is breaking things down over these different traits and so some of the big views of this is like the ocean one which is uh, a measure of openness conscientiousness extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. So it's ocean, open, conscientious, extroverted, agreeable, and neurotic. Um, 
And so you need to be able to kind of like recognize, like, you know, you can be somewhere on the scale of like, how open are you, right? When you like sit down next to someone on the subway, do you just like start opening up about like, what happened with your childhood friend who blah, blah, blah. And like, this is how I feel about my father and my, my mother and like my, my, my uncle Bill, right? Um, conscientiousness is like, you know, like how, how aware are you of, um, you know, your, your impact on certain things. Um, extroverted versus introverted, you know, that's pretty open for most people. Agreeableness, um, is somebody like, you know, uh, pessimist all the time, or are they very optimistic, right? It's kind of a, a cross there. And then we have neuroticism, which I think most people like, how much do you worry about things? Right. Um, just kind of goes into like, you know, paranoid versus not paranoid. Are, are you somebody who worries about everything all the time? Or are you somebody who just kind of like goes with the flow? And that would be focusing on neuroticism. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff. And now I just feel like I'm That's just a like, lot. just like avalanching vocab and things on students. Yeah. Uh, and so just kind of like focusing on like, you know, what's going on with Freud, you need to be able to something that's really important here is the MCAT is a test of recognition. It's not a test of recall. And this is something that I tell students a lot as they're studying. And so I don't you don't need to be able to regurgitate all of these things. Right. And just kind of like, you know, draw Maslow's hierarchy from memory, you know, in Latin or whatever. Like you don't need to be able to do this, but you need to be able to like if you see a if you see something you can kind of like recognize like ah something seems off about this or something seems this seems right um within the realm of you know perhaps a better example let's just like examples are always the best way to learn of this or best way to learn anything um so let's say that the mcat asks you what cholesterol is right they're not going to ask you to draw cholesterol right that's cuz the MCAT doesn't, isn't, doesn't work that way, right? So they're never going to ask you to draw cholesterol, which is good because I couldn't do it, right? I, I know I'd miss some chiral centers or something would be off there. Um, but they might ask you, like, which of these is a cholesterol-derived thing? And so just kind of like looking at your four answer choices, you're going to see something that kind of looks like cholesterol, something that's a peptide, something that is like a strand of DNA, and something that's like a triglyceride, right? And you need to be able to recognize which of those is looks like cholesterol and that's that's much easier than recalling and being able to draw cholesterol from scratch right and so you want to be able to recognize these things and so it's really important to be able to recognize what is a humanist perspective right that like patient-centric you know like striving for self-actualization what is the psychoanalytic perspective? That's the, like, there's something going on below the surface, right? Um, what's going on, you know, like underneath that needs to be analyzed. The, the trait perspective, this is focusing on, okay, there are certain traits that kind of define your personality. Um, they might be like cardinal traits, things that are very, very important to you. Or they might be like secondary traits, things that are like, yeah, this is a trait that I have, but it's not the most important thing in the world. So for me personally, like education's huge. It's, it's one of my cardinal traits, right? That kind of drives my life, right? Is like talking to students and educating and learning things myself. You know, I'm always on this kind of like search for knowledge, taking in and taking out information. Honesty. I mean, yeah, I honesty's good, but it's not like one of my cardinal traits. It's not one of the things that drives me. And makes me, you know, like, like, it's not why I get out of bed. I don't like roll out of bed. I'm like, today I'm going to tell the truth. 
right? Like, I, hopefully I'll tell the truth, but like I roll out of bed thinking like today I'm going to learn some awesome stuff, right? And like learn, figure out something cool. How does a lava lamp work, right? I've been dr- dying to figure that out. And so um, you need to be able to kind of like recognize these things. And so trait perspective, it's focused in on certain traits, right? And that's kind of what defines a personality. And, you know, cardinal traits is something that the MCAT will occasionally ask. And so that's why I kind of like work in that vocab term there. What's the difference between a primary or a cardinal trait and like a secondary trait? Um, so we have another couple of theories about this and we'll kind of like recap and go rehash all of these like big picture at the end but we also have the social cognitive perspective which is the idea that who you are as like your personality is has to do with like your environment and your behavior and this is albert bandura's like big social cognitive, like triumvirate thing where you have like what's going on inside your head, what's going on with your behavior and what's going on with your environment. And all three of those things are affecting each other. So if I grew up in China, my personality is going to be different and my behavior is going to be different because my environment shapes those things. But also, you know, growing up here, if I just changed my behavior and I started acting differently, then my environment is going to alter and how it responds to me. And also my personality is going to alter. Right. And so I'm going to change kind of like that fake it till you make it. If you like smile at everyone, everyone's going to start to be nicer to you and you're actually going to feel better as a result. And so like, that's an idea of like, if you change your behavior, it actually changes what's going on on the inside psychologically, as well as the environment around you. And so all three of these things, like the like psychologic, the environmental and the behavior are all kind of affecting each other, which is the social cognitive perspective. Once again, championed by Albert Bandura. After that, we have biologic. So this is the idea that there's some biological stuff that's affecting personality. And this is something that is real. Um, A lot of people want to imagine that, you know, like, oh, he just needs to change this one thing and then his personality will be better or whatever. Like if you're like, you know, like me, like an older sibling, like I'm always frustrated. I'm like, why doesn't my sister do this or my brother do this or whatever? This is what they should do. Um, But like people are different and there's like biological reasons for this. Um, One of the big easy ways to see this is drugs, right? Drugs will change people's personality, right? If somebody is taking a ton of testosterone, they're going to be a little bit angrier, right? Have a little bit less patience with things, you know, roid rage. Um, If somebody's taking Adderall, right? Like something happens there with uh, the personality as well. And so, psychologically and like personality wise speaking, there is some biological component to this. Having more or less of certain neurotransmitters or hormones are going to change the way that you, you think and act in the world around you. And so that's the biologic perspective of personality. The, the last one is the behaviorist perspective. And this is BF Skinner all the way. The MCAT loves to talk about BF Skinner because he's kind of all over the place um, on this outline. But the behaviors perspective is the idea that your personality is has to do with kind of like what are you punished and rewarded for? Um, B.F. Skinner pretty famously, you know, talked about like if you gave me a baby, I could raise that baby to be a pinnacle of humanity and honesty by rewarding him every time he tells the truth and punishing him every time he lies. Or I could do the opposite. And I could reward him every time he told a lie and punish him every time he told the truth. And that would turn him into a lying, deceitful person. And so there's something going on here with this 
you know, like rewards and punishments, this operant conditioning, the Skinnerian ideal that um, who you are personality wise is actually, you know, it's actually not up to you, right? There's the, how your environment responds to you is going to change how your personality developments or how your personality develops. So these are the, the big six uh, theories of personality, right? Psychoanalytic, humanist, trait perspective, social cognitive, biologic, and behaviorist. Yeah. I would just miss these ones on the test. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I, that's too much. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's something to kind of like, you know, one thing you recognize, right? Like social cognitive kind of makes sense with like socializing. So the idea there that like socializing changes your per personality, like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Right. And so that kind of fits. Biologic is really obvious, right? It's based in biology, behaviorists, like anytime you hear anything behavior, you just think Skinner, right? Like operant conditioning, rewards and punishments. Um, psychoanalysts, Freud, right? Like you need to analyze the psyche to really understand what's going on there. Humanist, you treat people like humans. We all want to be the best we can be. We all want to be self-actualized, this patient-centric sort of thing. And then trait perspective is just all about traits. And so there's a lot of stuff, you know, kind of like going into, maybe giving more information than a student needs to have in order to answer any question correctly. But remember, these answers or these questions are going to be multiple choice, right? So if they give you something about like, you know, we really need to dive in and understand what's going on, like below the surface subconsciously, oh, it's psychoanalytic. Right. And it's, it's really easy to see that if you have multiple answer choices there. Uh, if they say, like, you know, how your environment affects your personality, it's social cognitive. Right. Um, you know, your how you're socializing kind of things going there. But if they use the word reward or punishment, ooh, that's that's no longer necessarily social cognitive. That's probably more behaviorist because um, that's that's those are the words that B.F. Skinner like to use. Right. And so if I was rewarded for something or punished for something, it's definitely going to be a Skinnerian behavioral sort of theory. Skinnerian. Skinnerian. Yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite good. words. Yeah. That's like, uh, I'm, I'm watching the new season of Jack Ryan and they have a, a ship from Cyprus and they, they call it a Cypriot ship. I'm like, Oh, I never knew that word. C yeah. Cypriot. That's Cypriot and Skinnerian. If you can you go. get those in Scrabble, you're going to get all the points. <laughs> it's all about Scrabble points. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I base everything on. Okay. Um, all right. So really, really obviously, uh, this one, the, these theories of personality, I, I, they're much more intimidating because it's a much bigger list. Like last week, I think it was last week where we were talking about like two things, right? You stress and de-stress two things. That's easy. Yeah. But this yeah. is like six. How do we, how do we keep all of this straight? And I know you're saying, well, you don't have to, you don't have to, um, like remember it to spit it back out you don't have to like write down you're not given a blue book and you have to write them all out and and get them right 100 percent. it's just kind of recalling it and and seeing it there um yeah it, it, when we go back to okay what are the differences like what what should a student be focusing on when they're looking at these six things uh, a lot of students are going to go into their inky app or their flashcards uh, mm -hmm. their physical flashcards and and write this stuff out what should they be focusing on when they're writing this stuff and and learning it so some of the things you want to focus on are the people right like who is the scientist behind this or behind that right so with psychoanalyst freud Right. Like, know that psychoanalysis is Freud. You got to have that down really well. Um, humanist, that is Rogers and Maslow. 
right? Like you got to make sure you know that. The social cognitive is Albert Bandura. Behaviorist is uh, B.F. Skinner. Now, those are things that like those those terms come up later in other sections of the of the outline. And so like say, this isn't the only time they ever talk about the behaviorist perspective. There's a whole section in there about operant conditioning. Mm. But if you can kind of like make sure you know the people for them, I actually can't think of a big person for the biologic or trait perspective. Um, I, I don't see the MCAT asking as much about like, you know, what person championed the trait perspective um, versus like they definitely would have psychoanalysts, right? Like that's Freud and like everyone's got to know Freud. Yeah. Um, so I would know those people and like who did what, and then basically focus on like what causes the personality. So psychoanalysts, it's subconscious. Humanist, it's we all want to be good, right? And there's something kind of going on there. Trait perspective, certain traits. Social cognitive is the like environment, behavior, personality all interact each other with each other. Biological is biology. Behaviorist is rewards and punishments. And so just kind of like focusing in on like, what's, what's the kind of like foundational thing of like, what's, what separates this one from that one. Um, one thing to kind of focus on is, th you know, thinking about how the MCAT's going to ask us about these things. Um, the psychoanalyst, like pretty much everyone's going to know that's Freud. Um, and so I, th I think that the MCAT, while they will expect you to know that, or maybe a little bit less likely to ask you about that. Mm. But they might ask you, because in the social cognitive and the behaviorist, how the world like treats you is going to change how your personality in both of those cases, right? So the behaviorist is the reward and punishment thing that like is going to change my personality. And the social cognitive is that the environment and my behavior are going to change that. And so you have to kind of like be careful and like, all right, what's going to, what's the difference between these, right? So in the social cognitive theory, your, like your personality changes your environment and behavior and your behavior changes your personality and environment and your environment change. Like all three of these things are interacting with each other, right? The behaviors perspective doesn't do that, right? Like your personality doesn't change what rewards and punishments you get according to, you know, the classic Skinnerian, Cypriot Skinnerian ideal. Um, I actually don't think he's from Cyprus. I wish he was. Um, and so in the behaviors theory, it's just like, you know, kind of like edicts from above of rewards and punishments. And that's actually changing my my personality versus in the social cognitive. Everything's kind of like a two way street. And so th that's actually if the MCAT, if I was going to write an MCAT question, like test really wanting to test like, all right, you know, what students really know their theories of personality? That's probably the one I'd zero in on. Because students are going to get a little bit like tripped up because in both of those cases, the environment around you is going to change your personality. But in social cognitive, it also goes the other direction versus behaviorist is just these rewards and punishments. All righty. Good stuff to take note of, to write down, to learn. It's, it's just like, I think if students can can think of this kind of stuff very similar to how they treat amino acids, right? Of, okay, yeah. here's this one amino acid. I need to know the two letter, the three letter, the one letter, the, the structure, and just going through each of these and we're like, okay, I need to know the, the, the person, the, 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 the dude that ruined my life by coming up with this theory in the first place that made me remember it. And then uh, just going down the list of, of kind of those things you just went down to, to remember. Yeah. And I know we didn't talk about memory this week and kind of like this episode, but there's something kind of nice to keep in mind. The idea that 
um, like your, your brain can only hold and like process and convert so much stuff to long-term memory in a short term, right? This is why it's better to study for one hour uh, for five days in a row than it is to study five hours on one in one day. Mm. Um, because that one day you're not actually going to be able to retain as much, um, because you have to convert all these short-term memories to long-term memories. And so looking at things like amino acids and these theories of personalities, I never really encourage a student to try to memorize all of them. Like, don't, don't say I'm going to learn all of my memory, all of my amino acids today, right? Say I'm going to learn all my acidic amino acids today. It's pretty easy. It's aspartic acid, glutamic acid. I'll test myself at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'll have them down by the end of the day. I'll, I'll make sure I know them. The next day, add in the basic ones, lysine, arginine, histidine, right? And so you've worked those in. The next day, do all the polar ones, right? So serine, threonine, asparagine, glutamine. And so like each day you're memorizing like three or four amino acids. And then by the end of the week, you're done. Right. And and that's going to be a lot easier and a lot less painful. Now, you want to kind of like go back and review and like make sure I, you know, when it comes to the basic amino acid day, I'm going to review the acidic ones as well. Um, but I would do the same thing for these theories of personality. Right. Just like one day I'm going to like just, you know, work on psychoanalytic, make sure I know what the psychoanalysts are talking about and then humanists and then trait perspective and social cognitive, dialogical and behaviorist. And there's a week and you've mastered all these theories of personality and they're going to stay there, which is an important thing because a lot of times people will, you know, try to cram a bunch of information in. And once again, that works if your exam is on Friday and you're studying Thursday and I got to cram all this information in. But the MCAT is a much bigger set of knowledge and you have to work on it for months. And so just kind of like taking a second and being like, all right, I need to make sure that what I'm doing today, I'm still going to remember three months from now. And so breaking that up into smaller chunks is definitely going to help, which is basically the opposite of what I did today. Uh, <laughs> just like, like blazing through all of these, but it's important to kind of like get a big picture, um, you know, before you kind of dive in depth to any one of these. All right, there you have it. Another great episode for you. Again, if you're looking for some help with your MCAT prep and you are looking at full-length exams, look no further than Next Step Test Prep. Again, the second best exams out there. And usually you don't want to be second best, but when it comes to full-length exams, AAMC is the first best and they now have four exams. And Next Step Test Prep also has 10 exams and you can get a diagnostic and the first exam for free by signing up or you can save 10% if you're looking for more exams by using the promo code MCATPOD. That again, that's MCATPOD at nextsteptestprep.com. And don't forget to share this podcast with your friends, advisors, and more. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. This is MedEd Media.